0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Aches for Human, the podcast that centers on the human in HIV. Each episode brings you content on the human side of research, health, well-being and community. The Issues for Human is sponsored by the Legacy Project of the Office of HIV-AIDS Network Coordination, HANC. My name is Pedro Goicochea and I will be your host today. By mid-January, Janssen Pharmaceuticals and the HIV Vaccine Trails Network issued an announcement reporting that Mosaico, an efficacy study of an experimental HIV vaccine conducted in the United States, Latin America and Europe, and that enrolled nearly 4,000 men and transgender individuals, was stopped because the vaccine did not show efficacy. In this current episode, We have invited Dr. Stefan Wallace, Director of External Relations of the HIV Vaccine Trails Network, to share with us more details about Mosaico and the recent news. Hello, Dr. Wallace. It's great to have you here, and thank you for making the time for this interview. And I would like to start by asking you to please introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Sure. I'm Stefan Wallace. I'm an epidemiologist by training, I am a principal staff scientist in the vaccine and infectious disease division at Fred Hutch. I am also the director of external relations for the HIV vaccine trials network and the COVID-19 prevention network. I'm also clinical faculty in global health at the University of Washington. I've been in HIV work and in public health work globally uh, for more than two decades closer to three now, and I really enjoy working with uh, researchers, communities, in order to address the issues in our communities, obviously to respond to health inequities, and of course HIV specifically.
0: For more than two decades, the HVTN has conducted several HIV vaccine studies domestically, in the U.S., and internationally. Can you tell us more about the trajectory of the HVTN and the kind of vaccine studies that have been conducted?
1: Sure. The HIV Vaccine Trials Network was formed around 1999. And since its inception, it's really been focused on finding an HIV vaccine that is safe and effective and that also has global implications or global applicability. And so we obviously want a vaccine that would be safe. We want one that works. And we want one that would work for all populations that could benefit from it. And so, some of the trials that have been conducted to that end have been studies like Phalambi, uh HVTN 505, or there's another one, the STEP study. There's a HVTN 702 or the Uhambu study, which was built off of the results of the Thai trial that many people may be familiar with, which used a product called RV144. And of course, there have been other studies more recently, including the Mbocoto study and the Mosaic study and so the trials that I just listed are larger trials. So they're the efficacy trials, but certainly the HPTN has also conducted early phase studies that are primarily looking at safety. And what kinds of immune responses are we able to see from the vaccine candidate?
0: As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, a recent public announcement reported that the Mosaico study was halted. Can you share with us what was this about, what happened?
1: The Mosaico study is a double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized clinical trial aimed at testing whether or not a vaccine candidate regimen is effective at preventing HIV. That's one of the primary goals of the study. But because we are concerned about safety always, we also are looking at whether or not the vaccine is safe in this larger group of people. The Mosaic study was set to enroll about 3,800 participants in the US, Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, Peru, Spain, Italy, and Poland. And the randomization of participants was a one-to-one ratio, meaning that they were randomized either to the vaccine arm, which would mean that people would receive the investigational product, or they would be randomized to the placebo arm, so they would receive an active product, which is usually saline water.
0: Can you elaborate more about the specific reasons why the mosaic study was stopped?
1: Yeah, I should also probably say that. The study was done in cisgender men and transgender people who had sex with uh, cisgender men and or transgender people. So, this study included persons identifying as transgender male or transmasculine, as well as transgender female or transfem. And gender non-binary persons were also included in the study. So, like with most trials or with all trials being done, there are several different layers of oversight of the study. And these layers of oversight are responsible for reviewing different aspects of the study to determine whether or not the safety of the participants is being ensured and there are no issues there, and that the data in the study are reflective that this is a study that should continue. And one of those layers of review or one of those instruments of review is called the Data and Safety Monitoring Board. This is a group of independent researchers and scientists who are outside of the study team. They have no vested interest in the success or the failure of the study, so they are completely removed from the study and the study outcome. And they are reviewing all of the data, and community members are also on the DSMB, and they're reviewing the data from the study, they're reviewing the safety data that comes in from the study. They're also reviewing the unblinded participant data. So they're looking at how many HIV infections are we seeing in the placebo arm and how many HIV infections are we seeing in the vaccine arm. And so this particular study was stopped because the number of HIV infections that we were seeing in both arms were comparable. And that is an indication that the vaccine is not working.
0: You mentioned that there are several instances that overlooked the study. Did the DSMB found any ethical concern during the conduct of the study?
1: That's a great question. Uh, So this study was designed and considered from the very beginning with a massive amount of community and ethical consideration. We conducted several community and ethical consultations as we were thinking about how to implement this study in the design phase, so before the study even launched. And we did these ethical and community consultations with the specific goal of ensuring that community was involved in informing how this very nuanced study would be conducted. And one of the things that made the study really nuanced was that it's a large efficacy study that's being conducted with PrEP in the background. And so what we know, and you can appreciate, is that PrEP uptake is increasing in many places around the world. And so the question was, how do we ethically conduct a study looking at testing the efficacy of an HIV vaccine when PrEP is available in many places? And so, we engage the communities, we engage ethicists and the stakeholders to not only ask this question and answer it, but also to seek additional input and perspective. What are the things that we need to be thinking about as we do this? How do we do this in a way that says that we are really concerned about the health and safety of participants, and simultaneously also interested in answering this important scientific question? Some of the other sort of review processes that took place, Within the studies of the HVTN, we have a team that specifically looks at safety that's a part of the protocol team, and that's called the protocol safety review team. And so they're looking at safety data of participants nearly in real time and able to make assessments and make recommendations as the study moves forward as well. Certainly, community advisory boards play a critical role in reviewing studies at the local level to ensure that The study that's being conducted in their community makes sense, whether it's addressing a real community need and that community participation and involvement is being done meaningfully and ethically. There are health associations and government groups that are also a part of this process. So you have different groups that you have to vet the study by. In Brazil and in other countries, they have ministries of health as an example of this. And so all of these different institutions and bodies play a major role in reviewing the study and determining whether or not it should move forward as well as reviewing the design of the study and providing perspective about whether or not this makes sense.
0: And what will happen to the mosaic participants
1: now? That is a great question. So mosaic participants in near future and certainly since the announcement came out have been informed about which arm of the study they were in, whether they were in the vaccine or the placebo arm. Uh, They were given a final sort of study visit where they were provided additional screenings, HIV prevention counseling, additional resources. And should they want to continue engaging PrEP if they decided to access PrEP during the study, they would receive some referrals and recommendations to continue that regimen off study.
0: What does this situation mean to Mosaico study participants?
1: I think it means that this is a product that didn't work. I think this means that the community played a major role in how this study was designed and implemented, so much so that uh, many people, I would imagine, would feel very proud to have contributed to this amazing effort, this amazing collaboration. I think this also means that community is still without an HIV prevention tool that they may want. And there are plenty of HIV prevention tools that exist in the toolkit that people can access. And we know that people do access some of these tools, but we also know that some people really want additional tools and that the current toolkit is not sufficient in providing choices and options for them. So many people are still looking forward to an HIV vaccine, and we will continue doing the work and collaborate with community and partners to do the work to find one.
0: After this announcement, and in your own perspective, what does the future of HIV vaccine research look like?
1: That's a really good question. I think that this study, as well as the results of the Imbocoto study, ultimately let us know that we need to move in a different direction regarding how we think about developing an HIV vaccine, and that we probably need to lean more into vaccine candidates that we think will bring about broadly neutralizing antibodies, which is an approach that we believe will we will be able to see and be able to to bring into fruition from some of our earlier work on broadly neutralizing antibodies specifically, including with the AMP studies. So we saw some success with the AMP studies, and we are planning to launch some studies soon looking at combination broadly neutralizing antibodies. And as we move forward, we'll continue to go down the pathway of looking at vaccine strategies that would assist in developing more potent vaccines, as well as strategies that we hope will bring about broadly neutralizing antibodies or elicit these antibodies.
0: What does the HIV vaccine enterprise pipeline look like and how long will it take to have another efficacy study?
1: We have a massive product pipeline and something like 10 to 15 studies that we have on the horizon over the next year or so based on our workload. And so we're hoping to be able to move these forward quickly, efficiently, but also in a way that keeps in mind that we need to be paying attention to the needs of the community, as well as diversity in clinical trials. It will be some time before we see another efficacy study for an HIV vaccine, but that is an opportunity, I think, for us to continue to iterate and innovate with respect to how we get there.
0: Having more phase one and phase two HIV vaccine studies that require a smaller number of participants will have. An impact for international research sites?
1: That's a great question. The sites that are selected for each of our studies is done through a process around the time of the study development. And so I can't speak to the individual studies and what sites will be used for them, but certainly our commitment is to ensure that we're doing a program that works across communities. And so it will be important for us to engage international sites in this early phase work to ensure that what we're doing makes sense for their communities as well. And we're also able to look at safety, which is a primary endpoint in early phase studies.
0: Thank you, Dr. Wallace. Do you have any final comments or remarks for our audience?
1: I want to reiterate how important it is that it's recognized the the significant role that community played in this study, truly. From the consultations that have happened in various locations around the world, where the study was being conducted. We brought in key advocates and stakeholders and ethicists from around the world to consultation in Atlanta before the study started. We did quite a bit of engaging of communities around the world regarding this study on the ground with CAP members, advocates, and providers to really help build the relationship between this study and communities. And communities played a really critical role in sharing with us what was important for them. And we listened and through this partnership, I think though we did not have the results that we desired ultimately, that this was a win with respect to the community and the academic and the research partnership.
0: Dr. Wallace, thank you so much for your time and for the important information you have shared with our audience and our communities. I hope to have you in another episode of The Ages for Human, the podcast that centers on the human in HIV.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation and I appreciate being able to chat with you and the world and the community regarding this important conversation and I look forward to future opportunities as well.
0: And this was another episode of The Ages for Human, stay tuned, do not forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your acquaintances, colleagues, friends, and family. And with me, it will be until next time in a new episode of The Ages for Human, the podcast that centers on the human in HIV.